We are traveling from Tampa to Minnesota today, and our guest is one of those people that describes never had a job, always found a way to work for himself. He had a fruitful and interesting career as an editorial and magazine photographer for 20 years. Then, with the rise of digital photography and budget being cut, that faded and he opened up a grip house, which is a lighting rental house for commercial photographers and filmmakers. He ran that for 10 years, and it was a major success. It closed after 10 years, excuse me, in 2018, and he realized he always wanted to get into CPG, and COVID gave him the time to flesh this idea out. He mainly looks at entrepreneurship through the sense of creativity, and I love that. We always need to find ways to be more creative, and his current venture, Heart, Soul, Heat, is on a mission to change the idea of what 100% American looks and tastes like. I love this part when I learned this about his grandfather, Elena Rodriguez Ochoa. He started a candy company in Monterey, Mexico in 1940. So this is where his passion came from today. And I also learned that rule that into the U.S., there's been an increasing amount of BIPOC people, and this change in racial demographics is leading the change in higher spice levels in foods they eat and the demand to be represented in the brands they purchase from. I'm very excited to learn more about this and stay tuned for the halfway point. This week, we have an awesome spotlight story ahead. And as we are joined by someone who has a passion for Mexican culture, we will look into an article from Forbes titled, From Kind to Bold, Somos Foods brings together the essence of Mexican cuisine and a new age of Latino entrepreneurship. And then we're going to get Raul's take on it, but I'm about ready to kick this show off. Raul Benavidez is here. Why did you become an entrepreneur? Um, hi, um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't become an entrepreneur. I um, it's it's in my DNA, and I'm I I'm one of those people who uh, really only have like one gear, it, one thing that really motivates me, which is freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the which is the freedom to fail. So. Um, I don't feel like I even became an entrepreneur, you know, as an immigrant kid, there's not, I don't, I don't really, um, I didn't see myself in the system. You know, I, I have an art school background and um, I'm one of those people who, um, who lives to love and create, you know, really simply, you know, this segment is sponsored by bedrock business builders, a small business startup specialist, start, build, manage. I love that. And, me and myself, creating is everything I do from creating these shows to creating the books. It's something I have a huge passion for, and I can't wait to release the upcoming projects that we've worked on behind the scenes. I learned here, this isn't your first company. This isn't the first thing you've done. Let's talk more about some of your past to inspire entrepreneurs who are in those early stages. Yeah, um, I um, well, I think about entrepreneurship, I, I kind of think of it like boxing. You know, like it's one of those things that, you can see and you can read and you can kind of like see it from a distance, but you're always on the side. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you learn by, by being in the ring, you know, metaphorically and physically, you know, it is, um, it's really about your relationship to failure. You know, I also think that people get confused with entrepreneurship the way I think about it versus owning a business. If you own, if you own a business, good for you. That's, that's wonderful. You know, that, that I, that's not um, how I think about entrepreneurship. I think about entrepreneurship through the lens of creativity and um, 
I'm interested in failing. I want to get in, see if I can do it, you know, and, and if the world does, if I don't have the right timing and, or the right funds or the right idea, it'll fail. And, and that's okay. I, I, you have to kind of like uh, fail harder in order to get to the, to a better, clearer place. The whole thing for me is also about clarity. I, um, so I owned this grip house for 10 years. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, um, the main client, um, which is target, um, basically was buying more and more equipment and they had the, the humongous studio and, um, it got close to being 10 years and at 10 years, I just, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to run it any further. And, um, I sold all the equipment and I had a great exit, Excellent. but yeah, I mean, I'm, I opened up a record store, uh, because I'm interested. I love music and I grew up in Chicago and I'm, I'm all about house music and DJ culture, but I re it took me three years to realize that it wasn't going to be successful and it, and it, and it, I did well, I should say, the culture that I built around the record store was fun and connected with a bunch of people. Uh, but it just wasn't, um, I'm so used to freedom that the idea of being in a store in the four walls kind of got to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I opened up this weird um, bug farm. Love that. Talk yeah. more about that. I, um, I had this idea. I opened, I, I had this idea of these three different businesses that overlapped. One of them was a company that picked up, spent grains from breweries so that they're wet and heavy and stinky and the breweries would pay me to pick it up and then i would feed these bugs these special bugs uh this they would just live off the grains and then the the bugs would get like oven dried and then those those are like high-end high protein like snacks for backyard chickens yep and then, uh, yeah, and then the waste from from the bugs would create another fertilizer, and I opened up this other fertilizer company. And then I realized that it wasn't going to work because the the people were passionate about their backyard chickens, but they weren't passionate the way that people are about cats and dogs. Of course. And they they would just rather buy the product from China. You know, like it it just it took me a while, took me another three years to realize that wasn't going to work. And then, hey. I, I, you know what's funny? I had a dream about my grandfather, and the whole thing came into focus. And it just, you know, COVID kind of presented the opportunity, and this dream just kind of opened it all up. And yeah, it's definitely yeah. more clarity, like you're saying. So, everyone out there, you never know where you're going to be, so never give up. Clearing house to opening a record store to a bug farm to now honey sweet. So, let's talk more about your current business now, and then we're going to dive into some things to help our audience, like some lessons learned and challenging parts of entrepreneurship. Of course. Um, so, um, I mean, Heart Soul Heat, for me, um, I, I consider it a, um, a modern Mexican condiment company. But at this point, I only have one product, which is a, a, a spicy, um, three-ingredient, 100% American-made um, honey that's incredibly versatile. Um, you know, you can kind of use it on, it's one of those things that's great on, on grilled meats, fried foods. Uh, it really, um, it's just really versatile. People use it on all kinds of things. You can make, uh, you can put in your cocktail. You know, people do all kinds of things with it. And it's, it's kind of fun. But um, I didn't want to get into traditional Mexican stuff like salsas or hot sauces. Okay. I think that that world is a little bit flooded 
Definitely. But um, yeah. So that's that's kind of I I I uh, started with this one product, and, I, and that's that's where I'm that's where I'm going. I'm using it to basically open up doors and, and make mistakes before I roll out, you know, uh, with other products in a bigger line. I love that. I'm putting that here in the notes for when it goes live. Focus on one product before expanding to more, and I think that's important in every aspect where we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and lose focus. Like, and my I've been guilty of this in my business, having too many things on my plate, really not perfecting one area before moving on to the next. So that's a great lesson learned. Thank you for that. But let's talk about lessons learned in entrepreneurship. What is one of your greatest ones? Um, you know, uh, one of my, my greatest lessons is um, that um, it requires patience. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm a Sagittarius. You know, I, I, I the, the, the Mexican blood is, uh, I'm all about the passion and, and movement. But um, messing with big grocery, you know, dealing with a CPG now, it takes a lot of money. And you just don't, it don't, you can't just open doors because you want them to. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it is patience. And I always thought like a good idea now whether you whether you do the project or not if it's a good idea now it'll be a good idea tomorrow if if you're working with fast and hot it's going to fade out very quickly mm. you know i'm i'm kind of interested in, in in brand building um and i'm interested in culture building you know i'm interested in using this platform of heart soul heat um to connect with others you know i would love to do imagine a um uh, some sort of collaborative hot sauce with like yeah. with Lizzo and every dollar goes to like inner city dance programs or in, inner city music programs. That's what I love. That would be cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see you start to unravel some cool stuff. You mentioned a lot of good stuff there. Patience, sustainability, culture building. These are all things and culture is something that is finally getting more recognition around because people with COVID changing, they're not going to work in the same atmospheres they were in. If they were unhappy, a lot of things have changed. Thank you for that. And now we've heard all about his past and entrepreneurship, his current business, some lessons learned. Now we're going to dive into some challenging areas for you in entrepreneurship. There are a thousand, but what are some that can help our audience? Um, uh, yeah, I think that the challenging, challenging uh, thing with, with being a, um, a business owner now, especially kind of in CPG direct to consumer stuff, is that it's crazy predatory. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there promising you things that just aren't going to happen. And uh, if you're uh, hungry and you lack clarity, you fall into the pit holes. You know, and, you know, there's it's just kind of one of those things where it's like it's important to have a group of people that you trust that can help you see things that you can't see something you said right there really but i was when i tell someone something i do my best to make that happen or i communicate on why it's not going to happen i am in the hundreds thousands at this point over my eight years in entrepreneurship nine whatever it is where oh i, would, I think we should bring you in to speak at our school all oh, your books are going to go great in my classroom all these things so then i follow up and then i'm just talking to myself playing email email chat with myself And that's just one example in entrepreneurship where people all want to help. They want to be friendly. But on the back end of that, I don't know if they realize that they're wasting time, our most valuable asset. If you tell me something, I'm kind of reliant on that happening. Now I've learned that it doesn't matter if you say anything until the check cashes, the check, 
nothing is true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's also too that we're all looking for a shortcut. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's no way around putting in the work, you know, whatever that is. Now, and it's, this is a whole nother conversation, but even with jobs starting $15 minimum, minimum salary, I see things like McDonald's, all these things. No one wants to work anymore. People just want to go get quick money and go because the government was also handing out all this money. But people like us, we're in it for the long run. We're entrepreneurs. You mentioned sustainability, something I'm trying to do as well, not just a quick fed, really get it going. And I think now it is a great time to get into this spotlight story. We've had a lights out uh, episode so far, and now we're going to have our expertise dive a little deeper. And as we have him on the show today, loves the cuisine world. We're looking at this awesome article from Forbes titled, from kind to bold, Somos Foods brings together the essence of Mexican cuisine and a new age of Latino leadership. There, we're going to get his take on it. But here we go. When Miguel Leal befriended Kind Snacks founder Daniel Lebetsky about 15 years ago about working as an executive at multiple consumer buymouths, including PepsiCo and Danone, Leal vividly called how they were the only Mexican immigrants in the industry that he knew of. They has always baffled the Monterey native that the local cuisine has already become trendy with comfort dishes from discada, quesadilla to esquites, properly served across the U.S. For a long time, a handful of Mexican brands are invariably pigeonholed in ethnic grocery aisle, mirroring many other region-inspired products struggling to penetrate the broader U.S. household. Notably, the general lack of funding for Hispanic entrepreneurs has prevented truly authentic, high-quality food items from flourishing. A recent McKinsey and Company report found that Latinos have the lowest rate of using bank and financial institution loans <clears throat> excuse me, to start their businesses compared with the other racial and ethnic groups. So when Leo paired up with Lebetsky in early 2021, alongside another former kind employee, Rodrigo Zaloga, who has background of food science and culinary, to launch Somos Foods, the three of these men, they decided that representing their heritage while bringing the highest quality homemade food to the U.S. should be the brand's priority. And I love that. Here's a quote. In our culture, taking pride in what you do is not necessarily encouraged, Leal explained to me during a recent Zoom call. But it's urgent to change prevalent misconception that Mexican food is always heavy and cheesy. Part of Leal's business shrewdness comes from his longtime fascination with grocery retail. When he was a child... Lille's family, originally hailing from Nuevo Laredo, um, that borders Texas, would bring him to the U.S., where Lille became obsessed with peanut butter and produces that weren't typically available in Mexico. Then, in his experience working with at Kettle and Kind Snacks, this taught him that convenience and quality are the key to winning over the consumer. Let's bring back on our guest, Raul. What are your takeaways from this article? Um, you know, um, I, I'm handsome. Uh, I, I, um, I actually, I don't know Miguel, but, um, earlier this year I got accepted into this target accelerator program and I saw, uh, a couple months ago that he got accepted into it too. Really? So it was kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool. I had some of the, the some Somo stuff. It was delicious. Um, so I know a little bit about his story, um, I think it's, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I love the, the process. I love how um, the Somo stuff is, um, is, I mean, it's vegetarian. 
um, uh, in the picadillo, which is normally picadillo is like ground meat, but they mm -hmm. do a picadillo with peas. Really? Um, it's incredibly flavorful. I mean, I love the process. I mean, I love the product. I'm, I'm super happy for them. You know, I, I haven't tasted the whole line, but I'm sure it's as delicious as the stuff I've had. I need to and, try it. I never have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's right on. I, I think, um, um, you know, and he's got he's got tons of experience. I think he used to be the CEO or, or, or a high executive at Cholula for years, too. Okay. Yeah. These, these, I mean, with, especially with, with uh, Daniel from Kind, I mean, they're, they're going to kill it. I mean, I think that they're really, uh, they have the opportunity to open this up, you know, across the board. I love companies that have a bigger mission than just bottom line. Obviously, the goal in business, you need to be profitable or just a hobby, right? That's something we need to do. Yeah. But the fact that they're finding a deeper route, and I think, or at least myself, I support businesses and causes that have a give back effect. You mentioned you have aspirations to tie yours into a dollar, 50 cents, whatever, tied back to a foundation. That's something I'd be honored to do one day with some kind of product, my book, something uh, my first year, I tried doing that with a donation, but I knew this article would be a hit with you. You have so much expertise in the area and you hit it right on. So thank you for that. And now it's back to helping you, the listeners. Here we go. If you can recommend one book, workshop, app, tool, anything to our community of entrepreneurs to help them grow, what would you recommend? You know, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. Yeah. So I'm a big yeah, fan of Seth Martin. Godin. I think I think all of his books are are, are uh, you know they're they're kind of like must haves. Um, there's been so many so many tools. I, I love um, autobiographies. You know, um, I don't know. There's so many. Um, it kind of for me it depends on where you are in your life. You know, something that's kind of really uh, been a big. Uh, kind of par parallel line is you know is zen studies you know i always think about uh this book zen mind beginner's mind and always trying to it, i mean it's super easy this idea that you know the master has very few options because the master knows everything he can only do it the masterful way and the beginner has all the options and so i and, and that that could be literal but also very very way to thinking about projects and about new things I don't want to think about things in a masterful way. I want to think about things in a very beginner way. I want to find ways to open up uh, opportunities and and connection points. The master only knows one thing, and if it's and I'm not motivated by money per se. Uh, the if the master is motivated by money, there's not going to be any culture. It's very boring. We have to stay curious, and I love that. And to grow, I think we're always learning. We're all career learners. We have to learn until we don't want to anymore. Learning it never stops until you say no. Another great answer there. I'm really looking forward to seeing this new company you have expand. But before I let you go and before our listeners find out where they can find you, find all things about your company, my favorite question, it's at the end. If you could sit down with any entrepreneur throughout history, dead or alive, who are you choosing and why? Um, you know who I'm choosing? Um, I'm choosing... Um... Rick Rubin. Talk about it. Um, Rick Rubin, uh, Rick Rubin and, and Russell Simmons started Def Jam mm -hmm. um, in, while in college. Amazing. Um, but what Rick Rubin started and who Rick Rubin became 
are, are kind of two different things. Uh, I think that he, I think he, I mean, I don't, I think his quote is that, or like his whole thing is that he's a professional listener. He's a producer, but his whole thing is about giving artists space uh, to get deeper. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also this this part about Rick Rubin and the birth of hip hop that kind of reminds me of, of Mexican Mexican um, food. You know, if we think about Mexican food and we think about that th- that in the United States we we uh, consume more salsa than we do ketchup. Really? Yeah. I mean, Mexican food is American culture even though that people don't know that much about Mexico. Um, American pop music is hip hop, even though that people who love that kind of music don't really know anything about hip hop culture, you know, hip hop culture, meaning uh, DJing and graffiti, you know, the, the, all the elements they will, they can listen to Lizzo right. and, or they can listen to all kinds of pop music. This is directly related by the, the, the foundations that Rick Rubin put into place. I'm going to delve a little deeper here with you, man. Where would this meeting go down if you had that opportunity to choose? It would, uh, you know, I don't even have the facts about this. He's got a studio in some somewhere in California, and he, he's got this recording bus. Really? I think it's in, in uh, Laurel Canyon. That's pretty cool. Shangri-La, I think it's called. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. It would go, it would go down there. We'll have to tag him when the episode releases. That would definitely be an awesome possibility to bring to life. Well, thank you so much for connecting and making this happen. I think you gave a lights out interview and you gave experience from your past experience, your past opportunity, excuse me, with the Clearinghouse. And I have this right here in the notes. It might be the title. We'll see. Clearinghouse to record store to bug farm to now his passion project. He's making a difference. He's tying it into everything he believes in. And it's just, a, like I said, another testament to hard work always brings out the best in you. Now, where can we find more about the companies you work on? Say hello to you, all things. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of my main uh, kind of ways of connecting with people is through Instagram. So, you know, at Heart, Soul, Heat. Um, on our website, we don't, we don't sell direct to consumer. So we have a store locator. And um, we also have a little page, which is super cool, where people could request the ghost honey at a store near them. Cool. Go, yeah, go to the site, request it, request it at their local store, and we'll try to get it in there. We we sell on Amazon. We're on on Bespoke Post. Um, we're at you know some Doordashes. We're kind of all over the place. We're That's we're cool. across the country in very limited places, but on, online is kind of where we're, we're moving the, the most. Everyone listening on, scroll down in the episode description. I'm going to make sure links so they're just right there, easy to click and get this product in your life. Be sure to check out all he has to offer. Media and check out Vincent A. Lancy on YouTube. It's been great to launch writing with authors over on that series. This show is at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media and is available for streaming on all platforms. Until next Friday, signing off, Raul. Stay warm over there for me, please. I'm I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, man. Thank you.